0: A special edition, very special edition of the Behind the You Podcast. We are here with Vince Wolfark, who has been around Miami. Now I've seen you, I saw you at A&M. Yeah. You made sure to tell me you were going to practice today. Absolutely. But I do appreciate you doing this. And you were excited. You said, if I get a chance to talk hurricanes, Absolutely. I'm all in. Absolutely. I, I bleed orange and green.
1: You know, that's it's not a mistake. You know, I, I make sure my, my loyalty runs deep, you know, and just so much Miami done for me, you know, basically my career, you know, and I was just telling the guys today, just the amount of people and the players that stepped on this practice field, what we've done and just running down the list of all the guys that practice under here. It's a blessing, you know, so Miami always meant the world to me because it's my college. You know, this is that orange and green. It's there's nothing, it's nothing like it. And I try to tell people all the time, there's no university like the University of Miami. I mean, that's just what it is. So um, it's good to see us kind of slowly getting back to how the game needs to be played down here, the, the level of um, competitiveness that, that we need, that we have built over the decades. You know, it's, it's just good to see what Mario is doing and the coaching staff is doing with the young men. Um, they're buying in, um, and they're starting to see that it works. So I'm looking forward to our our next uh, couple years, you know, starting getting the recruits and start to put hurricanes back on the map. So that's that's what I'm I'm looking forward
0: for. So whatever you want to reveal, you had a chance. You talk, I think you addressed the defensive line yeah. group after practice. So what was the message you shared with them? Well,
1: I was just basically letting them know, like, hold each other accountable, you know, and – you know, in this game and in life, you know, I, I, I was, I'm never the one to feel sorry for myself. Anything I wanted, I went and got it. You know, I worked hard. I went and got it. You know, I earned my respect. You know, I, I wasn't waiting for anybody to give me anything. I was never given anything, you know. Um, I earned everything I have in life. And I was just letting them know, like, you have to put it together. You know, you have to put it together. And I told them they have an opportunity to do something that we haven't done in, you know, in two decades, is bring the you back. You know, um, and it's time. And I think this team, and I think the way Mario is spearheading this ship, I think they're heading in the right direction. Is it perfect? No. But you name one college team out there that's perfect. It's not. So the goal is just each week get better and better. You know, I think we've been doing that. And I think as the season progresses, you know, we'll start to see more better play, Um, guys starting to have a little bit more fun, and I just told him just hold each other accountable, you know, and
0: why is that important?
1: Because you know sometimes as college and as friends, you know, you can go hang out and you can have a good time and you can party and everything, and then you come to practice when that guy messes up, you might not want to stay with him because that's your buddy, you know, but at the same time, I have to be able to depend on this guy next to me. And he has to be able to depend on me. So we can't have the coaches hold us accountable as your friend and as your teammate, I need you to be hold me accountable cause I'm going to hold you accountable. I don't never want to mix that up because we here for one thing and that's the win. We can have a good time outside of football and all that. But when we here, it's one beat, it's one heartbeat. And I need you at your best. And I think it's very important for these guys. And I did in the NFL, we held each other accountable. You know, it's like, hey, when you screw up, I'm gonna tell you screwed up. I still love you, but that screw up can cost us a game. That screw up can cost us a championship. That screw up can cost us a turnover. Um, so I need you to be alert and I need you to be accountable of your own actions because when the game's on the line and now I need something from you and I need your best, I have to have the trust that you know what you're doing. And it's hard to get that, you know. Um, especially at this age they're at, but that's something that they have to learn. And the more they play football, the more they'll understand that level of play and how important it is to do your job and know what you're doing, um, be in the right place. They'll learn it, you know, but you have to start giving them things so they can understand the meaning behind and why you need to do things a certain way or why you need to do this or I mean, I thought we was friends. Yeah, we were friends. But right. at the same time, we got a job to do, you know. Well, that so. becomes
0: the priority, right? Absolutely. And if it's not the priority, and I think if you've talked to Mario, I mean, I'm sure you have talked to Mario, understanding that for him, right, there's one goal. One goal. It's, it's, all, it's always one goal. When you play in a sport, it's only one goal. You know, and and for him, there's a certain way to get there. And I, yeah, and I think that I, I think that appeals to you, doesn't it? Not yeah,
1: absolutely, because you know Mario, he you know he was at Alabama, he went to Oregon, he you know he went all these places. And when he was at Alabama, he was you know he coached up under saving Well, saving tree is Bill Belichick tree, so I kind of know how that program worked because I did it my whole career with Bill Belichick. So I know the ins and outs of how he want to get things done, and it's proven. That's the thing; it's proven. Like, you can cut on the tape and of practice and see, I'm pretty sure see Alabama practice and see the Patriots practice and you see the Miami practice. It's the same. You saw that out there today. It runs the same exact way, and that's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. And the way people do stuff now is different than when I played. You know, they have a lot more things at their fingertips now with the nutritionists, with new stuff and this, that, and you name it. They got it. But the level of play ain't gonna never change. No, this is what we have to do to be successful. And if you don't believe me how it's playing, I can put on Alabama and see them winning the championships, and I can go to pro. I could put on New um, England Patriots, see them winning the championships, and I can even go back and go see the New York Giants when they win the championships. So they're getting a whole deal of things from programs that's been very successful doing it this way. And it's important for them to buy in and understand, like, no, it's not just at the college level. This happened in the pros in the 80s with the Giants when Bill was over there with Parcells. And then it happened in 2000 when the Patriots, we, we ran, you know, basically NFL for two decades at that level. Yeah, so down here we're a little upset about that. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But but it, it's the, the, the proof is in the pudding, you know. And, and Mario have a, a, a lot of different ways that he can show them that this works. And they can, they can get it.
0: Last thing is, you just said it works. And I think the seeds of all of it comes, into the, comes in the work. Mm-hmm. And anyone that looks at you, just when you play, it's all big, giant, strong human. But when you listen to Bill Belichick speak about you, it was about your work. It mm-hmm. was about your knowledge. It was about your preparation. It was mm-hmm. about your football IQ, above and beyond anything. So regardless of your talent and ability, uh, you use the word work. And I imagine that's paramount. Everything comes from work. You know, I've, you
1: know, I was raised by a mother and father that, you know, the world's going to give you what you put in it, right? And it was always hard work. You know, anything you want, you have to work hard for it. You can't look for a handout. You have to work hard. You know, so my whole life, everything I've done, I worked hard for. I grind. You know, I had the mindset of I have to do this because this is how I have to survive. You know, um, I do this because I love it. You know, I played football because I love it. And anything I got into, I wanted to be the best. I always ask people, what's going to separate you from the next player? What's going to separate good players from great players? What's going to separate great players from elite players? What is it? And I always tried to find that and figure that out. And I think I did a pretty good job with my career of, of doing those things because I wanted to go over and beyond. Of just you know sitting down looking at film with the team and say okay that's good you know or watching five ten minutes of you know film by myself okay that's good no i, I put the work in you know and i learned the game from the inside out i took a game to a whole nother level that i could have played linebacker if i wanted to i could have played cornerback if i wanted to i could have played safety if i wanted to of course my size wouldn't allow me <laughs> but i'm seeing from a Understanding, understanding the game standpoint, or even offensively, I can you know I can play a quarterback. You know there was no position on the field I couldn't have because I knew it. I trained myself. I learned it. You know I learned the motions. I learned formations. I learned quarterback pivot. I learned route tree. I, I learned all those things. You know, so uh, all of those things helped me as a professional, and it helped me still plays. And what I mean by that is. From my film study, and I can look at a receiver split or I can look at the running back depth, where the tight end is at, you know, and I see a certain formation. Well, I knew that formation, there were certain things they like to do. So that's how it still plays through my preparation. And that's how I made plays. Because being a nose tackle, I'm not known for making plays. You know, you down there, you, you got the dirty work. You know, you. No, I
0: watched, I was, I, I, saw, <laughs> I saw, I saw, I saw some of what, what you had to endure and that didn't look like fun. Yeah,
1: you know, so I'm, hey, listen, I'm the, I'm, I'm the first one forming a pile. And I'm the last one getting up, you know. By the time I'm getting up, they're already back at the ball. So it's like I had the dirty work job. Well,
0: the reason why I asked you that question, Vince, is because I think coming out of someone like your mouth, mm-hmm whether it's people on our team currently or, are, or even just people in the world outside of other professions, like you can't cheat the, like, you know what I'm saying? Like there, there's no other way but one you way. You can't take a pill. You can't take a pill to be successful. Uh, you can't.
1: The only way to be successful, you have to put the work in. You can't drink anything. You can't take no pill. You can't, it's, there's no shot you can take to be great. You have to put the work in. You have to physically put the work. So if you're, in.
0: That's, and, and I, <laughs> why I'm always at, why I ask people like you that have come <laughs> on here to speak on that is because I want everyone to understand, like you know, they didn't just show up. No, you
1: know, and 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 I, and I have this conversation a lot with people, and a lot of people look at football on Sundays, and be like, oh man, I could do that. Or why he didn't just do this? I would have did. Like, you don't understand the if level. You gave,
0: if you gave someone an NFL playbook. <laughs> They, it, they'd have no clue. They have no clue. Or a college playbook for you that.
1: They they'll know it to a extent, but it's more than knowing. You have to be able to execute it on the high demand, and that's what people fail to realize. Football is a demanding sport. It's not basketball where we shooting. It's a skill where you can have a center sh- shoot the ball. That's basketball. It's a skill. Baseball is a skill. You you hitting the ball. You feeling the ball. Everybody have their skill set, but football. Nobody, Anybody can just roll out there and say, I'm playing football today. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash dcie to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you.
0: So let me ask you this. Since you, we're, we're really doing this right off the practice field, mm-hmm. uh, Mario has a line, big people beat up little people. So did, did you catch <laughs> did you catch some of the offensive linemen?
1: Absolutely. I, and, and, and that's when, that was one of the things I told the defensive line. And I said, listen, the game starts up front. However you slice it, offensively, defense, it starts up front. If you can't block, we're going to have a long night. Defensively, you can't make plays and knock, knock the offensive lineman back, we're going to have a long game. So I wanted them to understand how important it is as a lineman, how important it is for us because it's very important. Without a line, we yeah. – Without a, a quarterback protection, if he don't have a you know a left tackle or a right tackle that can protect him, he's he's not playing with confidence. You understand? So – up front, it starts there. We got to be able to move the ball, offensively and defensively. We got to be able to stop them, and then at the same time, we got to be able to make plays. We have to, we have to make it for our offense can run the ball, or um, our quarterback can throw the ball downfield, or defensively give our DBs and our, our secondary chances for turnovers with them. Like it starts up front. So I'm a big advocate of that. People always, you know, we have this argument all the time saying. What's the most important, you know, position on the field? Well, they're all important, but I'm like, without an offensive, defense line, you can't do nothing. It's simply that, because guess what? As a defensive lineman, I can go play quarterback and hand the ball off every time. You <laughs> see what I'm saying? So, right. But it, all these sports are very important. Every sport has a specialty, and I respect it all sports, but football is just one of them sports. You just can't roll out there and say, I'm going to play today. It don't work like
0: that. Last thing I promise, we're going to get into because this is the behind the use with your story. But while you're talking to the defensive uh, group at practice, then you look over the corner and see JT. Mm-hmm. I know you played a different scheme with yeah. with Bill, but if you had a nice pass rushing edge like that back in your day, but I think he exudes a lot of the things you exude. Man, JT is a hell of a ball player, hell of a coach, hell of a person.
1: He knows football. Um, Hall of like, absolutely, we think alike, you know and. The way he played, the things he did at his size was amazing. I used to love to see him play because a guy that size running around the edge, um, bull rushing the guy, coming in, like, he can play ball anywhere, you know. So I respect this game to a whole nother level. And I'm I'm happy he's down here with the hurricane helping that guy because he has so much knowledge um, to give these guys. And that's why I told him today, I said, you got coaches that played the game and played at a high level they know what they're doing. They, they know what they're talking about. It's up to you guys to execute it. So you better listen. I'll pay anything to have, you know, a Hall of Fame be my coach or to tell me how to do certain stuff. It's a no-brainer. Like, why wouldn't I listen? So CNJT and and um, Joe, man, I'm, I I love our defensive our defensive line coaches, and they're going to get our boys right. I, I know
0: that 110% they will. All right, you've said this before, you've, I think you've, even, you've either said it or insinuated it, like you loved football, oh yeah, and you, lo- and you wanted to be great. So my question for you, though, is why did you love the sport so much, and where did that desire come from?
1: Well, I think I fell in love with that sport because my father, he used to coach um, literally growing up, and I never played. I played one year of flag, and all the other years I was either too big or too young. So I was always around my father in football, and— our Sundays, we will watch football. So I think it was just one of those things. I was born to be a football player. I I, I really do believe that. Um, and I never ever thought of, you know, when I was when it was time for me to go to high school and play football. Um, I never thought of anything else. Now between, well, four I was going to years-
0: ask you because you you said there was a huge gap yeah, where you did yeah. not play. No. So- I played basketball. It would have been easily to lose the love, but you
1: didn't. No. I played basketball from the age of five up until high school because I couldn't. That's the only thing I could play. Uh, So I played basketball. I I became pretty good at basketball. But When it was time for me to play football, it was a no-brainer for me because I was destined to be a ball player. I loved the game. Maybe it's the violin. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the physicality towards it, but I just loved it, you know, and – that's why I, I stayed on my path, and I'm glad I did, you know, because I wouldn't have had a career I would have had if I would I called it quits. But, yeah, it was just one of those things when you see somebody growing up and you're like, okay, he's going to be this or he's going to be that. I was one of those guys you would look at me when I was young like, oh, yeah, yeah he's going to be a football player, you know. so uh, And it worked out well for me.
0: I think it did I would. I, I think, <laughs> it worked out pretty good. Not no, too you, shabby. No, nah. <laughs> we I think a lot of us would take it. Now you also, you grew up a hurricane fan.
1: Absolutely. 100%. It was something about orange and green, you know, back in those days, you know, the, in the eighties, um, we was on TV. That's what I saw. I saw the swag. I seen us having fun. I seen the orange bowl. I seen that orange and green. I seen that you. It was like, man, I wanted everything. I wanted all that smoke. It was no question where I was going and I was recruited from every team you could possibly from every college. I was recruited. You know, I used to have bags filled with college letters. I'm talking unopened because I was always just waiting for one, you know, and, um, it took a little while, didn't it? Yeah, it took me, it took until the beginning of my junior year, but I think they kind of knew they had me in the bag. So they was like, ah, oh, we don't have to worry about it. we we'll are just send it. But, um, when they, when they offered me, I took it. I, I knew where I was going. i And that was the only one I was waiting for. So um, my dream came true to be a hurricane, to wear that orange green, play in the Orange Bowl, um, one of the best stadiums ever, you know. And, you know, my, my career took off.
0: When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lobovic Law Group. At Lubovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lobovic. Lobovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! You also had a reverence for the history because you talked about you know you talked about the swag but you also talked about the guys who played your position and what they meant to you growing up
1: man one of one of my closest friends i became really close with him um god you know god bless his soul was cortez kennedy you know he was a guy that i would talk to on a daily basis you know i would go see him like we our relationship became really really um really good while you were here uh, when I got to the league, but while, it started while I was here. It. But it was nothing to have former players, you know, um, be around and take you up under their wing. But I also saw the history of the defensive tackles, you know, from Jerome Brown to Russell Mallon, Cortez, Sapp, you know, and I was like, man, I wanted to be that. And I remember seeing an interview one day and Ray Lewis was talking, and he was like, if you want to do three years and go to the league, come to University of Miami, and I was like, man, that, that's, that's what I want to do, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I want to do three years and be done. I'll be three and done, you know? And it just showed what the University of Miami was. It, we pump NFL players. And the crazy thing is not only do we pump them, we pump some really good ones and have a great career and a long career. And that's what people feel to realize is the longevity that – some of us than had, you know, with myself, 13 years, I think eat Reed, Reed, somewhere around 13, 14 years, Ray Lewis, as long as he was. Uh, yeah, the Andre, running back
0: that just hung it up, Frank Gore, Right, Frank Gore, 18. right,
1: you know, Ray himself, like the longevity that we played at a high level, show me where they do that at for one, one university. It's hard, it's, it's hard, I know for the past two decades, we haven't been what we're supposed to be. I get that, but still, with us taking the break and letting people catch back up, I think it's still gonna be hard to catch up to us because what the universe of Miami stands for and our foundation and what we produce down here, we produce ballers, straight dogs. It ain't no incense or buzz about it. Simple as that, that's what it is, you know. And, and I was just talking to high spirits today, it's like we sit with nine Hall of Famers. In the NFL Pro Hall of Fame.
0: You gotta make that 10, by the way.
1: And you know, I think USC or somebody have 14, that's the record. Well, if you look back, if you think about it, Devin Hessler's one, Frank Gore is two, Reggie Wayne is three, Andre Johnson is four, I'm the only question mark. Come on. So with four, that put us at 13. If I can jump that, that put us at 14. So with Two decades of being taken off, and and not to mention some of the guys are still playing like Kalas Campbell, the career he's having. So there ain't no college football without the University of Miami. I don't care how long you've been standing, it just doesn't matter. I don't care how many you've won, I don't care how recent you've won. It doesn't matter when you mention the University of Miami, it's University of Miami and everybody else. Simple as that.
0: And by the way. Not if, but when. I can only when. imagine. I can only imagine what it's going to be like. <laughs> oh, it's going to be bananas now. And it's, I've told people like you got to see it. I don't yeah, think they understand yeah. when they see it. Yeah. If the, for the players, like if yeah. you can put that picture in your mind yeah. of what you want to accomplish, yeah. and then knowing how long it's been and how you will be revered. Yeah. You know,
1: I. I've never, and I'm still not really. The Hall of Fame would be cool. It would be tremendous accomplishment um in my career but you know i never once played to be a hall of famer you know i played the game because i loved it you know um so if that happens to come i'll be grateful for it but if it don't i'm still grateful because i did what i loved. you know i won super bowls i've been all pros i've been in pro bowls you you name it i've done it you know um so I've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish playing the game that I love. I've accomplished that. So if God doesn't bless me with anything else with football, I'm totally fine with that. I'm okay. You said if you if you could play college forever, you'd do it. Yeah, I would, because college was just so fun. Just the camaraderie that I had, the teammates that I had. Who were your guys? Like who you hang with? I know who's on the teams. Like who were your like Ed um, Vilma? You know DJ. That's the thing. It's like. When I say Miami is a brotherhood, we're a brotherhood. We all did things together. Like, it was always something going on that we was always there. So, it was like, you name it, we there. Even in the league, it's like we get together, we call each other. Think about the one year that they had the Pro Bowl down here in Miami, right? Do you remember how many hurricanes was on that Pro Bowl? I think it was like 18 of us or something crazy. <laughs> so, we basically was the Pro Bowl. right. Like, where do they do that at at what college? So people don't understand, because they don't want to understand what the University of Miami is. Now I think it's time for us to reintroduce ourselves and let the world know who we are, you know? And I think this group with Crystal Ball now and these group of kids and the staff you have, I think they're putting us right back
0: on track um, so we can be relevant again. I was curious about something, Vince. So you talked to the players out there about, you know, kind of don't wait for your coaches, take yeah. it upon yourself, et cetera. So you come in, we you know what you have done since, obviously, mm-hmm. your career. But when you walked in, who, who or what let you know what you were walking into? You know what I mean? Like who? Well, I think when I first got
1: here, it was all of I knew the expectation. Nobody had to tell me. When you I was, let, who, whose
0: word carried weight with you when you got
1: here, Ed Reed? Ed Reed, weight word carried a lot. Al Blades, um, I think those two, my defensive guys. I it was just, and then also like, you know, we had what Fitzgerald, um, romp We had Phillip. I mean, we had so many other guys. That had roles on the team, but it was like, you know what time it is when you come when
0: you're a hurricane. But well, you walked into what <laughs> they say is the best team. Yeah, of all, we like You the walked best. into yeah. So how quickly did it take you to figure out there are a lot it of dudes take me on me this team? No time field. because I
1: always always looked at myself one of the best. So it didn't matter. You fit right, I right in. Would, I would. I would. I never shied away from workouts. I never shied away from challenge. Um, people got to understand. My first two years here, I sat the bench. I sat behind William Joseph and Matt Walters. I, I was, I was a second string,
0: you know. So I think that blows people's mind. Not just for you, like I think Andre Johnson redshirted. Yeah, like, I mean, but there a lot of are, Sean Taylor, I think, either redshirted or yeah, obviously came. You but, know,
1: but think about that. I, you know, I, you know, I'm second string for two years. Started one year, and I'm out in three years. what did I tell you? That I wasn't playing around. I wasn't playing around because I knew the type of ball player I was. Cause I knew my mentality. I knew a lot of a lot of people won't, can't match my mentality, and a lot of my a lot of my ways is my mentality. And football was easy. I was one of those guys. I wanted to tear your face off as much as I could. I want to punch in your face, much as I could. Um, I'm gonna be the one walking out when I'm done. I'm gonna walk out victorious. How have you slice it? Whatever I had to do. And to that, tell myself, and that, where was
0: that? Where did?
1: I just think that's how I grew up, my life, you know, you know struggling life, just, um, how, you know, basically surviving, you know. It just, I wanted to be the best ever, you know, and, and I was just a mean person, I was mean player, you know, and, and it translated all into my life, being mean and all that, and I had to fix that. So, um, but it's just the mentality I had as a, as an athlete is, I'm gonna take your face off as much as I could. I want to, that's what's going to happen. I'm not telling you, I'm telling you because I want you to understand this. It's not going to last for one quarter. It's not going to last for two quarters. It's not going to last for three quarters. It's going to last for four quarters. And if more, I'm going to I'm. Going to, I'm. To, I'm to make sure you understand that. You know, so it was just my mentality that I had that I was a bad boy. I told myself I was the baddest on the field. I told myself that that's that's how I got, eaten. that's how I got ready. That's how I played. Um, I love challenge. I, I love to see if you can stand four quarters with me, being hit in your face, every every snap. I didn't take a playoff. I didn't want to take, I never wanted that offensive lineman get away with nothing. Cause I wanted to make sure they felt my weight, my strength, uh, my mentality. You enjoyed I feel, that. I, absolutely. That's what made my career. I wanted to take souls, that's, that's how I was. Plain and simple, it wasn't nothing else to it. Cause once again, my teammates held me accountable. So if I wanted to inspect out of Ed Reed, I got to do what I got to do. And I got to show you that I'm worthy of being a hurricane. I'm gonna show you this. And same thing in NFL, you know, doing any draft of me, coming off a Super Bowl win. I first drafted it. And this is after they got rid of Ted Washington and they drafted me. So now it's like, okay, now I got to show them that they didn't make the wrong pick. My first year I went to the Super Bowl there and went on to have a great career there. So my, my mentality run deep. That orange and green run deep. And I think it was easy for me because my teammates had the same mentality. We didn't take losing. Losing wasn't an option for us. It wasn't. Nobody was going to outwork us. It's not going to happen. We work harder than anybody. I remember waking up 5, 6 o'clock in the morning training. Used to be a group of guys. Ed Reed was part of it. It was about 10 of us. We used to get up with our strength coach at the time, Andrew Swayze, and we'd be the first one to work out. We used to work out with no lights outside. We would run in the dark. And people don't understand how we train. People don't do what we've done. We had to run eight 200-yard dashes, right? 200s on the time and guess what it was probably me and another teammate Santonio Thomas. we was the only lineman there but guess what if we wanted to work out we had to run with them we had to run time and you know what they did to us we was the rabbit and if we wasn't the rabbit on the first one when we nice and fresh like they put us the rabbit like the last couple to make sure we run and that's what we were built doing. Our, our, our mentality was just different. We didn't care. We was running a 200 yard dash and had to be under a certain time. All we knew is, hey, they can't catch us. We have to be under this time, and we running with DBs and receivers. That's how we train with no lights outside. And then after that, we come in and work out. So we were always pushed ourselves. We didn't need a coach to push us. You know, we we had a bunch of leadership. Um, the coaches knew that too, though. You know, they knew that they had, we had a lot of guys that we're going to hold each other accountable. We're going we're gonna to get each other's best. And when we don't get each other's best, the coach didn't have to get on us. We got on each other. And
0: that's what made us so great. So I'm going to give you a, a quote that you mentioned. And I, you'll probably smile when you hear it. It came from Andrew Swayze, who I know. But when you said it, it kind of made me smile as well. And he, I guess at one, at one workout during your career, he said, Just because you're breathing hard, finish it. Absolutely, he
1: was that, and that went for the rest of my career. And when he said it, it was at a time that we was winning ball games. But I think it was just one of those practices that he was running us just to run us, and we was like, man, this is stupid. Whatever, whatever. And he saw us breathing, and he seen how the team was, and he was like, you tired? Y'all tired? And we knew we knew that was a trick question, first of all. <laughs> so no, one, like, no one better say yes, right? Yeah, right. So we was like, no. We ain't tired. He said, just because you're breathing hard doesn't mean you're tired. And I believe everybody that was there that heard that kind of like, dang, he right. He right. And – That was a quote that I carried for the rest of my career. Because every time I felt myself getting winded, I would tell myself that because I trained too hard. And he explained it to us. He's like, I train y'all too hard to be tired." So I always knew how I trained. I'm going to always have something in the tank. And that was one of the quotes I hold on for dear life. Join us at Gulfstream Park this spring with live action Thursday through Sunday enjoy entertainment outdoors at the carousel club or feast in ten palms not hungry visit our many on-site shopping locations from fashion stores to home furnishings for schedules reservations and tickets visit gulfstreampark.com
0: uh i don't pretend to be a psychologist but you mentioned before that you were mean and you had to work some stuff out uh you've talked very openly about the loss of your your parents and and I think that you just got inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame, so yeah. congratulations! But you said Thank something you. There that really resonated with me, which was that you played your career with a heavy heart. Yeah. And I'm wondering how much of that pain at for that time also was pushing you, and maybe shaping how you were playing. You know, I think
1: <clears throat> looking back now, because you know, I never had a chance to mourn. I never had a chance. I didn't know how to handle my losing my parents. Can I ask you?
0: Sorry, I'm gonna interrupt. I know you lost your parents in 2002, right? Right. Within six months. Now, I was just getting started um, here at UM as a broadcaster. That year was the Fiesta Bowl. Did did you leave? I I have a memory of you being out with the team, leaving and coming back. Do I have that right? No. uh, A lot of people don't understand. I quit. I
1: quit um, when I lost my mother that year, December 16th. We was going to the Fiesta Bowl, and I had quit football. I had quit football. And my coach at the time, Greg Martin, you know, that year, um, he would be in and out. Like, we would go to practice and he would be leaving, so we would have another coach watch film with us and stuff. And, you know, we used to always give him crap about leaving us. He don't like love us and all that, but we would joke about it. And um, so I told the team, I'm like, nah, I'm done with football. You know, I was done. And I remember him. The team was leaving and they came, he came back in and he was like, you know, Reason I wasn't around um, much watching film and stuff is because he was dealing with someone that was dealing with cancer, and i was like, now all of a sudden I feel bad. I'm like, holy crap. So he was like, you know, I just want you to do what your mom and dad would want you to do. And you know, like I said, I had just lost my mom, but you know, six months later before I lost my father, so I'm like, whatever. One trying to hear it. And I took some time uh, to really think about it. And, you know, a little voice came in my head was like, do what you love, you know. And it was a woman's voice. And I, my mom used to always tell me, that, do what you love. So I called the team. I said, hey, listen, I want to play. So they flew me out. I think I got there like on a Wednesday or Thursday, something like that. Got one practice and played the game. And, um, well, yeah, I had quit, but I think losing my parents and I was, went through life, I was floating. And I didn't realize it at the time I was floating, because that's all I knew, you know, football is all I had, you know, and I floated. I floated for all my, my years in, in playing football. I floated and never understood why I would be certain ways, why I would be so mad. Why I had resentment? Why I would just be who I am? Why all I did was play football? That's what And it I was wanted. tied to was tied to the loss of your loss of your Lost mom and my dad. parents? You know, I never really got closure because I didn't have time. I was in college, with a baby on the way. Um, you had to grow up fast. And I grew up fast, you know. And people don't understand. I've been raising my brother and I. We've been taking care of my father since I was eight years old. And I'm talking physically, you know, picking them up and take them to the restroom, shower, and bathe them. And since I was eight. And then turn around, 10, 11 years old, you know, my our grandmother, she, she dies in our arm, arms. So as a kid, you know, I've seen and been through a lot. And a lot of people don't understand what I've been through. You know, even people to this day that I went to school with, They don't understand what was going on in my household. Nothing bad, but it's just taking care of my father. It's a lot. It's It's a a lot 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 of stress. Parents out of work. Nobody working. So it's like nobody understood that. So I'm pretty sure people are hearing this today, and and they'll be like, holy crap, I never knew that. Because you know why? I always kept a smile on my face and kept it moving. Even when I played in the NFL, I kept a smile on my face. Inside it was different. Inside it was tearing me up. Inside, I was lost. Inside, I was just a sad human being. You know, I was just, I wasn't right inside. You know, but football was my saving grace. Is that
0: that where, that that was the outlet?
1: I think football got everything I had because that's all I had. Because I lost my mom and my dad. You know, I lost lost it. So, I played football because of them. It wasn't even for me. I loved it. Right. You know, I, I definitely loved it, but. I played ball because I know the struggles it was to eat and see my mom and my dad struggle through life. I didn't want them to struggle anymore, so I did football, and I wanted to make sure I made it because of them, to get them out of everything that they're to get them living a peaceful life. So when I lost them, it was like, man, peace of my heart still gone. So it's like, whatever, I'm going to pour everything I have into football because that's what they want me to do. But football carried me, you know, football kept me alive. It kept me, um, it kept me sane. You know, that that was my, that's my
0: outlet. Football was my outlet. You and know? when you were done, when you retired, were you sort of able to reconcile it all? you oh, been able to put yourself in a good place with all of it?
1: Yes. When I, when I, when I finished football, um, you know, I did some counseling in Hill, you know, and at first, I was ashamed to not know certain things about life, but I was like, you know, why be ashamed when I didn't know? Like if, if I knew it was different, but if I didn't know, I just didn't know. So I took a lot of pressure off myself for not knowing certain stuff and doing certain things a certain way. I took a lot of pressure off myself when I understood, like, no, you was a kid, you've been through trauma since you was eight trauma and I had to heal. That process I had to heal. So with a lot of work uh, with counselors and stuff and everything, therapists and everything, it brought me out on top. You know, now I can look back and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm thankful uh, for a lot of things that happened in my life, even my bad stuff, you know, bad things that happened to me, bad people. I, I, I thank them because it forced me to see people a certain way and learn, you know. So I have no regrets in life, whatsoever. No regret. If I had to do everything all over again, I'd do the same thing, I'd play football. <laughs> <laughs> at Miami. At Miami, absolutely. At University of Miami, though. You. So, so last thing,
0: it's, like I said, when we started this, you know, I met you at the Texas A&M game, I asked you to come on, you were happy to do it. Absolutely. You were at practice you're around the program. You said you hadn't really been around right. much because you've been living in Houston or playing. Yeah. So the fact, as we put some closure on this, how has it been for you to be back, to be around, to, to just, you were out on the place where you grinded yeah. it out for three or four years. You're wearing your, you, the you got the, you're wearing yeah, the on your, like how does? I'm proud. It's like I never
1: left. You know, being on the practice field, just memory, Everything that went on here when I was here and how much the place has grown, the additions and stuff. Like, I feel at home when I'm on a football field, but especially when I'm Green Tree, like, it's just different. You know, seeing the players, seeing those colors, just remembering the practice field and just remembering, okay, the soccer field, that's in the track, that's where we ran our 200s in the dark. So all of that stuff, like, I, I, I can visualize everything of where I was. The sand pit, you know, it's like. In the back. It's like in the back. It's like all those things I can envision, you know. We, and then we used to have, what, three fields, and then with one over here just running. Like, we, man, it just brings back so many mirrors, and I'm just so happy to be able to be here and come back. And the reason I wasn't around is because I've always moving around, I'm working and doing this, but now I had, you know, I have about two months to be down here. You and said stuff. you told me before
0: we did this, you told, you said you called tomorrow and you told them I need to be here. I need to
1: be here. You know, I need to be here. So, and I'm, and, and I'm here, you know, because I want to give this university uh, a piece of me because guess what? They gave me a scholarship to be a part of this great culture. So the least I can do is give back whatever way I could come back to the university. And if it's talking with some players on the field and talking with some coaches or telling stories, whatever it may be, so Mario knows, like whatever he needs from me, I'm willing to do it because Hurricane is home. This is home, baby. And it don't get no better than this, trust me.
0: Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, man. Thank you for doing this Vince Wilferk. Congratulations on The UM Hall of Fame, congratulations on the Pats. My word doesn't mean much, but I hope you get the trifecta. (laughs) I hope so. Get that other jacket, and it's good having you around. It's good Uh, having you around. appreciate you telling stories. and appreciate you sharing it with us. Not a problem, man. Last thing but not least, man, I'm thinking about
1: opening up a barbecue restaurant down here. Let's do it. Let's keep an eye on that. So hopefully get some stuff in the works. All right. Thank (laughs) you, Vince. All right. Thank you, my man.